a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. There have been a lot of questions lately as to the vacancy left on the Supreme Court by the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Not long after her passing, it was announced by Senator Lindsey Graham that a a committee, a committee hearing held by the Senate Judiciary Committee would take place commencing on October 12th and that the intention of that committee and its Republican chairman was to uh, pass on to the full Senate floor Amy Coney Barrett uh, with a favorable rec- recommendation after nom- after being nominated by President Donald Trump. Well, today, today that has commenced. We have heard from all the senators wishing to to voice their positions and attitudes, laying down markers for how the duration of this hearing will go. It'll last uh, tomorrow. Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and today what happened was each each of the senators on the committee were each given uh, their 10 minutes. It alternated between Republicans and Democrats. And we heard uh, Republicans talking uh, about preemptively, uh, preemptively countering any attacks they may feel uh, could come in the direction of Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, specifically, there was much mention of the religion of Amy Coney Barrett and a preemptive assertion that any attack on the judge's religion would be inappropriate. A reminder uh, coming often from senators that we here in the United States, uh, as outlined in the Constitution, we don't have uh, we don't have a religious test for uh, public office. Well, on the flip side of that, Democrats uh, didn't bring up uh, the religion of the judge, of uh, the nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. It didn't come up once, and uh, I believe that that will continue. I don't think that that Democrats are going to bring up the religion of the uh, nominee. You look back at 2017 when Senator Feinstein gave that a shot, and uh, she was met uh, with uh, some some negative reactions, uh, honestly, on both sides of the aisle. And uh, I, I believe what they observed then uh, was that that was an ineffective tactic. Uh, And so I I don't think it'll happen going forward. Uh, What we will see is repeated, repeated, repeated emphasis on the uh, Democrat liberal views on the Affordable Care Act and the perceived threat to uh, the ACA by uh, Justice uh, Barrett, should she be uh, confirmed. So that will be that. Uh, To to look a little deeper at this, I've welcomed uh, or (laughs) invited to the program uh, Boyd Matheson, uh, host of Inside Sources, opinion editor of the Desert News. You hear him all over the place. Why? Well, because he has great things to say. He has a sharp mind and he has an insightful mind uh, in terms of the procedure of the United States Senate and the tactics employed uh, by uh, senators uh, and members of that body. Uh, Boyd, sir, how you doing? Hey, doing well, and uh, I'll be uh, introduced and welcomed anytime on this show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, th- th- thus far, give me your give me your big reactions to what is what's taken place uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee today. 
Yeah, uh, first, I, I obviously think that this is cruel and unusual punishment that uh, Amy Coney Barrett had to sit through 220 minutes of senators uh, just pontificating on whatever they wanted to today uh, and not say a word. And not, uh, not just I her. Think her opening... Not just her, some of her kids yeah. and her husband, Jesse, who, who was uh, kind of a star of the program today. <laughs> There's a lot of reference to Jesse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, of course, then she made her statement, which is very short, uh, which was very smart. And uh, so I think that was kind of interesting there. I do think it is absolutely fascinating that uh, the Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, have basically acknowledged that there's nothing they're going to be able to do to to derail or slow down uh, the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court because they've totally pivoted their strategy from, again, think of previous uh, nominations, recent ones, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch in particular, they have completely pivoted to a political issue, the American, uh, the Affordable Care Act. And, and you know, when they started by talking with, you know, pictures of, of Americans who had lost their health care or had pre-existing conditions, uh, they're making a very political play, which, by the way, shouldn't be decided by the Supreme Court. It actually should be decided by the members of the United States Senate and the House. Yeah, I think that that reality bodes very well for Amy Coney Barrett and her family. She, uh, it does not look like, at least what's been telegraphed thus far uh, by Democrat Democrats, she will not be uh, facing anything resembling uh, what was the experience of uh, and now Justice Kavanaugh. There will be no, uh, uh, there will be no yearbooks dug up. We hope there'll be no uh, the, the the recitation of of what happened at this party or that party. Uh, not likely to 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 come up. And as you and I were discussing. Earlier, uh, this is probably what was witnessed by Amy Coney Barrett today uh, must come as something of a, of a relief. Her job right now uh, is very simple. It is don't break anything. You know, uh, when all is said and done in this situation here, everything comes down to math. Right. Everything comes down to who which team uh, has more players. And with the Republican majority in the the Senate and specifically in the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, it's going to be the Republicans that regardless of what is thrown back and forth uh, by by the senators, even in the question and answer period, if everyone uh, just, uh, you know, sticks to the script, uh, the numbers rule the day. That's right. And uh, she is definitely in the uh, do no harm strategy. Uh, in terms of how she will answer those. And uh, to be honest, again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on on this. Uh, the Democrats have created such a narrow lane in terms of what they're going after. They've also given Amy Coney Barrett the playbook in terms of her answers. And her answers can be very simple uh, in terms of her job as a judge uh, is not to amend or tweak or change the Affordable Care Act. That's Congress's job. Her job is to look at a case look at the law and look at the Constitution and judge accordingly. And so I I think they've kind of given her a very easy path. Uh, If if I were uh, advising her today, I would say on all of those questions, you're you're obviously not going to prejudge any case that could possibly come before your court uh, because then you would be disqualified from from that particular ruling. So her job is to simply listen and say, "I'm, I'm the umpire. I call balls and strikes based on the law and the Constitution. Uh, she's not there for political purposes. The, the one interesting note is that she actually criticized uh, the chief justice, John Roberts, appointed by George W. Bush, a conservative, uh, who did legislate from the bench relating to the Affordable Care Act when right. he re- rewrote it not once but twice uh, just in order to save it. So she could even be critical of the chief justice 
and say, I'm not going to legislate from the bench. And ultimately, I think she should shine a mirror or hold up a mirror to the members of the Senate and say, uh, the reason this is so contentious, this Supreme Court nomination, is because you're not doing your jobs. If you do your jobs, very few things will make their way to the Supreme Court. Uh, I, you used the phrase hold up, and it reminded me, and I, I must point this out, uh, that uh, Senator Lee uh, did something that I am sure that you saw him do quite often while serving as his chief of staff, uh, reach into his pocket and pulled out uh, his pocket copy of the Constitution as he was making some points here today. <laughs> so uh, signature Mike Lee stuff happening uh, in the in the Senate Judiciary Committee chambers. Let me ask you this, Boyd. Uh, as you kind of absorb everything that we witnessed today, uh, both by Republicans, Democrats, and uh, the the nominee herself is there anything that could uh, have an impact do you perceive on the election upcoming? Uh, I think that's what the Democrats are trying to do is they're they're trying to make this a very much rally the base and scare the middle uh, in terms of of health care in the country. So they they have taken this away from a judiciary nomination process uh, and pivot it into a political campaign issue for for the 2020 election, both nationally and locally. Uh, you'll you'll start seeing ads around uh, this uh, if you haven't seen them already, uh, relating that you know she's going to take away your health care. She's uh, in fact you saw Kamala Harris right here in Salt Lake City said you know if she's appointed to the bench and confirmed uh, member of the Supreme Court, she, they're coming after your health care if you're 26 years old. They're coming after you uh, if uh, if you have pre-existing conditions. And, you know, all of that has nothing to do with the law. And I, th- I do think it's really important for our listeners to recognize that as much of, of the intensity of this, uh, the reality is very few cases make it to the Supreme Court. Most are settled by the lower courts. So it's a small number that make it all the way to the Supreme Court. And once they get there, this is not a divided court. <sighs> The vast majority of the ruling, Senator Lee made this point yeah. in his statement today, uh, that the vast majority of the cases are decided nine to zero. That's not divided. Yeah. Seven to two, eight to one. Those are the predominant ones. So uh, it's not nearly. It's one more thing where we're not nearly as divided as we think. Uh, we need to make sure we keep the three branches of government in their lanes uh, when they cross over. It's uh, bad for the country. It's bad for the republic. And we've got a week more of this, so we'll continue to follow this, Boyd. I'm sure you and I will be having more conversations here and on your program. Thank you so much for your insight and your time. All right, I know you've got a, a busy schedule ahead of you. Uh, honored that you'd share some of that day with uh, with us here on this program. Thank you. Uh, always great to be with you, Lee. Thanks. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here. I'm late. Oh, shoot, I'm late. Uh, when we return, I want to I- introduce you to the opening statement of Amy Coney Barrett. There were a few lines in there uh, that I insist that you hear. I'll play some for you next. Also, we'll hear from Senator Mike Lee and and uh, Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. He looks at this in terms of a civics lesson, a civics lesson that he intends to teach to eighth graders. W- what do I mean? We'll dig into exactly that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by the mountain lion story. The video, first off, left me with sweaty palms and a beating heart. You can find it on my Facebook page right now, Lee Lonsberry. You'll see the live mic logo up in the corner. And then I am left, of course, with the question of Lee, what would you do in that situation yourself? How would you handle yourself? I find myself in the woods quite often and uh, on the trails uh, up in the mountains and the hills, and I have. I've never I've never run or or hiked with uh, a firearm. You know I'm a you know I'm a Second Amendment enthusiast, and so it'd only be natural for me to 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 think about this. I just have never done it. 
And so <laughs> I tell you, I'm distracted. Uh, I've been back and forth uh, via text with some texters, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, and we're debating back and forth uh, what, if you're out on the trails, what is the best firearm to have with you uh, for protection like this? Like, let's say let's say this scenario with the young man where the, uh, the mountain lion came after him, came after him. Let's say it escalated to the next level where they, uh, in fact, are engaged in some kind of battle where there's... Uh, you know, contact made between hiker and wildcat. Uh, what's the best firearm to handle that situation? Uh, a few suggestions have come in. Uh, the Springfield Hellcat. Uh, I uh, thought of uh, Sig Sauer has that P365. Uh, anyway, uh, I won't bore you with that. But if you want to weigh in, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. For the next few minutes here, I want to walk through some of what took place uh, in the hearing chambers of the Senate Judiciary Committee here just this morning. There was an interesting uh, portion of the opening statement, specifically when Senator Lee took to the microphone. I mentioned as I was chatting with Boyd Matheson in the segment prior that uh, Mike Lee did like a classic Mike Lee thing. And if you were if you were watching, <laughs> if you were watching today's debate and you had a a bingo card, you know, like the ones we put together for the debate last week and the week before. If you had your, if you had your Mike Lee bingo card out today, and you had on as one of the squares, uh, Senator Lee pulls out the pocket version of the U.S. Constitution. Well, uh, you'd get yourself. Uh, you could put a little spot uh, with your bingo dauber on the bingo card. There, uh, he did it. He did just that. He also uh, did something that I've noticed he's been doing lately. Uh, Mike Lee, he's he's working on a, on a certain brand of humor. And it is where he, with absolute deadpan delivery, describes, uh, you know, with with what he says <laughs> is is much interest. Uh, he describes with deadpan delivery uh, some very kind of legalese type obscure portion of U.S. statute and law. Well, he did so. He did so again today. Uh, I'll play for you what he had to say, and then uh, Chairman Graham, Lindsey Graham, uh, he he took note. And had a pretty quick uh, and, and funny response. So here, here is Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, as you know, a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. His opening statement in the hearing to uh, confirm uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Senator Lee. Most of the Supreme Court's docket doesn't even consist of the hot-button issues. A whole lot of it consists of stuff that I find really, really fascinating, like the Dormant Commerce Clause. I mean, what American doesn't sit up late at night and stew over whether it's okay for a state or a political subdivision thereof to treat an article of commerce differently based on its origin or destination out of state or outside the United States? This, of course, is the kind of case that comes before the Supreme Court and might from time to time be decided on a five to four basis, but not necessarily along the lines that one would predict based on the appointment of each justice and the political party of each justice's appointing president. Okay, so there's Senator Lee uh, talking there in very excited tones about the dormant commerce clause. Chairman Graham picks it up where Lee left off. Well, definitely some good news. Uh, Senator Lee's enthusiasm for the dormant commerce clause convinces me you've made a full recovery. That's pretty good, huh? (laughs) Now, Now, what's he referring to? Uh, Chairman Graham there uh, has a funny response to Mike Lee's talk of the dormant commerce clause, which, of course, of course, is one of the most Googled terms right now. Uh, I think I typed in just the letter D-O and the rest of it filled in because everyone listening uh, to to this hearing here this morning thought, wait, the dormant 
Commerce Clause? Wikipedia tells me it is a portion of American constitutional law, uh, specifically a legal doctrine that courts in the United States have inferred from the Commerce Clause in Article 1. I'm already bored reading it. I'm already bored. The one-sentence summary. The Dormant Commerce Clause is used to prohibit state legislation that discriminates against interest. Ah, I can't even. It's really boring. Luckily, luckily, as Senator Lee pointed out there, the job of the justices is to tackle issues like this. Because uh, you and I may find them boring. Uh, Your mind and my mind may not be capable of understanding exactly all the implications of, of this clause and its presence within the United States Constitution. But... But it, in fact, does have a massive impact on our lives, and it is the Supreme Court that so often has has to, to deal with this type of thing. And the point made by Boyd Matheson before we said goodbye in the previous segment is that much of this, m- much of what faces the Supreme Court is not— it's not the headline-making, divided decisions that you and I are familiar with, uh, but rather the, the unanimous decisions— or like eight one seven two, you know those that don't make the headlines are <laughs> are regarding questions like this: the dormant commerce clause, or any number of other clauses that uh, likely don't have a, a direct impact on your life, nor mine, uh, or the way we live it, uh, but may in some other area of life and business uh, have a pretty uh, substantial impact. Uh, shoot, time is tight, and I want I want you to hear from. Uh, Ben Sass. Uh, So I'm going to skip this part. You heard uh, Senator Graham there make reference to Senator Lee feeling better. Well, as you know, Senator Lee came down with the coronavirus not too long ago. And I have here in front of me, this is, I'm not kidding you, this is a letter from the attending physician of the United States Congress essentially clearing Mike Lee to return uh, to, to a hearing room or at least to emerge from from isolation. It's a fascinating read. Uh, I don't have time to get to it right now because I want you to hear from from Republican Nebraska Senator Ben Sass. Uh, You've seen him before, probably. He's he's one of the younger-looking members of the Senate. Uh, He's kind of got some longer, floppy hair. Uh, And he is, when he delivers uh, impassioned addresses, uh, in my opinion, is one of the more effective communicators uh, in the United States Senate, certainly within the Judiciary Committee. And here he is talking about uh, judicial activism. And he does so in a way uh, that I think is compelling. He he couches it as a civics lesson, specifically a civics lesson that he delivers to the eighth graders of America. Judicial activism is the really bad idea that tries to convince the American people to view the judiciary as a block of progressive votes and conservative votes, Republican justices and Democratic justices. This is the confused idea that the Supreme Court is just another arena for politics. Senator Sass here continues by presenting what would be the the opposite of judicial activism or who, what type of person would be the opposite of a judicial activist. The antidote to judicial activism is originalism. Originalism, also known as textualism, is basically the old idea from eighth grade civics that judges don't get to make laws. Judges just apply them. An originalist comes to the court with a fundamental humility and modesty about what the job is that they're there to do. An originalist doesn't think of herself as a super legislator whose opinions will be read by angels from stone tablets in heaven. Judge Amy Coney Barrett 
uh, echoed that sentiment and described, uh, in her view, uh, the role of the courts. Here in the opening statement of Judge Amy Coney Barrett are her thoughts. Courts have a vital responsibility to the rule of law, which is critical to a free society. But courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in our public life. The policy decisions and value judgments of government must be made by the political branches, elected by and accountable to the people. The public should not expect courts to do so, and courts should not try. I agree with that 100%. There ought not to be legislation nor political activism emerging from the United States Supreme Court or any court of the land uh, by the court as a body nor any individual member of those bodies. I am pleased that Amy Coney Barrett is leading in her opening statements with an assertion of that reality. Time will tell if that proves to be true in the future, uh, but I would contest that it has already proven itself true in her track record as a judge on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, as a professor, and even back further. I look forward to hearing from her. I look forward to the questioning that will take place over the course of the next three days. And I look forward uh, to the United States Supreme Court being made whole again. We will now take a quick break. And when we return, uh, we're going to peel the curtain back a little bit. I'm going to have a conversation with producer Gustavo. Yeah, you'll, you'll never guess why. It has to do with contact tracing and an interaction that Gustavo had with a contact tracer. Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.